Baruch Hashem. Okay, we began last week to get into this very fascinating sugya, which needs uh, a lot of basic ideas before we get to the lumdis, which we will, Mitzvah Hashem, furnish over the next uh, few weeks. And we hope to cover the rest of the medicine gel cap and the gelatin issue, uh, hopefully segue into the shellac issue. All the Mike and Ike fans have been demanding it. So, um, well, the Mike and Ike fans have been trying to suppress it, I should say. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the issue is uh, also quite interesting, and uh, it's many different angles of the same question, and that is you always have to figure out first what the halacha is, or at least what the machlekes is, Apidin, and then you can first ask, is there any residual issue of tinta manefesh or not? What's going to be fascinating when it comes to the gelatin, and gelatin is about as serious a shayla in the last hundred years in Kasharis. There are many serious shaylas, but some of them dealt with the fact that uh, we were trying to get a handle on Baruch Hashem kosher meat, and it should be basa kasher, not basa basar. And all. But that's all Baruch Hashem somewhat uh, pretty much under control if everybody stays uh, focused and honest and the supply stays the same. There was a discussion, which we never had a share on, and I don't know if we will, on whether we should market uh, cloned versions to take care of some of the uh, shechita issues. That has a slight possible upside, in my mind, many possible downsides. So we're not going to get into that now. But Lamaisa, what we did mention last week thus far and I will try to layer the Chazar as we always do, because you have to keep everything in mind. Right now, there are two. We're going to have three. There are two possibilities of angles, lahokal, both for medicines, where it's obviously more uh, possible to be made as we look for coolers when somebody needs a medicine, even if he's Ein Besakana. If it's Yech Besakana, there's nothing to discuss. And even for regular foods, in certain scenarios. And that is that one source... Two different gemaras, two different sugyas. We have yet to discuss why we need both. One is that if you take a food that's still labeled as a food and it's still somewhat tasty, but you eat it in a manner that's like a darka. The Rambam's example, you take chaylev, which is delicious gooey stuff you spread on your bread, and uh, something like marshmallow fluff, but the marshmallow is, uh, real marshmallow is going to be the gelatin issue, but uh, they used to eat it. We can't identify why would somebody be eating eating this stuff on a regular basis. But in Europe, as um, close as 100 years ago, they were eating it smeared on bread. And Shumun is mutter, Chaylev is unfortunately an occurs, not just Tam Alav. And if you swallow it raw, or if you swallow it burning hot, even though the Chaylev itself is very lachila, but you ate it Shalakadarech Chaylev, so then it down to a Dindra Bon. That was one Ramam. The other Makar is when you have a food that is no longer fit either, not Roy Lachilas Adam, which most Yishanim say knocks it down to a Dindra Abonam, some Yishanim Paschal has to be not Roy Lachilas Kelev, on Pesach the bread has to be not Roy Lachilas Kelev, and keep in mind, certainly when we get uh, later on in the year, the Chilak is, is that you can have bread that's Nislam Lachilas Adam, and really not edible for humans, but very, very important as an ingredient for Pesach, and that is sourdough. And it can be used to machmitz other things, and that's why it's so awesome, unless it's Nisamachil's Kelev, in which case it's no longer Roy even for that, and it's not a food at all. So those are the first two Makaris. Uh, the other Makar we had the last five minutes of the year last week was the Gemara Psachim, which is on page six. You'll look at it again. That's why I gave out two copies. I'm so optimistic because we finished this one already. 
I'm just going to show you the line again. If you swallow the matzah, you don't have to taste the tam, meaning you didn't chew it. Then you say the mari, you have to taste the tam, we discussed, even though it really doesn't taste like much of its lettuce. Karcham besiv, next line, if you, let's say, put it in a plastic bag or a leaf or something foreign to this object you're trying to swallow, you wrap it. Karcham besiv ubalan, af yedei matzah nami lo yatsa. You weren't yet to mitzah matzah, but it didn't go down your throat touching the base of bleed, it went down something else. Obviously, that's going to be a great makar for a capsule. Because even if you have typhus and a medicine, the little beads inside, do we care if it's in a capsule and you're swallowing it? We're not getting into whether the capsule is the problem itself with the gelatin. That we'll get to soon. So, interestingly enough, Rabbi Yashiv is brought down by the Shvutz Yitzchak, one of his main Talmidim. And he quotes Rabbi Yashiv as saying that that's considered karcha besiv, and if you had tariffs inside, we don't care. Up here, locha. Again, is it good for Tintam and Nefesh? It's a different story. Uh, if you have an alternative, but you're not eating tariffs because it's wrapped in plastic. And that's what it is. It feels like plastic, tastes like plastic. And Mamela, you're good to go. Interestingly enough, Rosh Hashanah says that since the derech to take this medicine is in a capsule, that's considered derech achila and has nothing to do with this gemara. Is that a machlekes or is that a machlekes? So he says, not going to help you over here. The whole reason Kercha B'siv is, is not a Maisa Achila is because that's not a normal way to eat, and it's not touching a base of Leah. And who wraps things in plastic and, or in leaves or in uh, branches of uh, Dekel? And that's not normal. Shama Zama says, this is the way medicine is consumed. And therefore, if it is Trafin side, which again, you have the other coolers that it's not, and it's Nashtana and all the other things we can get into, uh, the capsule is not going to help you. The primary concern even if you hold like Rabbi Yoshev, is the capsule itself, if it's a gel cap, not a veggie cap, which is getting more and more available. And there often are options in, in regular medicines where they're not catering to a kosher public or a vegan public. It is, the fallback is often cheaper for the company just to make it a gelatin as a gel cap. Uh, the, I can't overemphasize, I always say this every few shirim, is that if it's a chayla masukin and you can't find an alternative or a good alternative, don't even discuss it, because it's already in the eyes of many parents, Nifsel, and there's no achshave. Remember, the problem over here, if it doesn't taste like anything, is Midra Bonon. There's achshave if you're eating it, but there's no achshave if you're eating it for a fool, according to many peskim. You try to be ate to the Shagazariya holds there is achshave unless he's a Chalamasukin, and therefore it's better to avoid. Why set up with the Shagazariya? If you don't have to, it's never a good idea. So, Shagazariya holds is not a heter for regular medicines, a Chalashemasakana. And therefore, it's a good segue to get into the shayla, what is with the gelatin. The gel caps, again, is a minor problem because of that tam that it's nifsal, doesn't taste like anything. And usually there's a pressing need. It's not achshavay. Uh, marshmallows and gummy bears are an entirely different story. These are things that hang baruma shalalim. It's a fair gullus, and we uh, don't want to poke fun because if it's kosher and it's good, then why not make the kids happy, and bribe them to learn another blot and another Chum Shemrashi and uh, give out uh, gummy bears. But a lot of the favorite confections that we have are made with gelatin, which is why it's such a big sugya. And we will begin that sugya now. Go to your next copy. Let me finish the whole set. Pretty good, huh? 
That's why it was, uh, take a look at your second set of page one, is Hochas Ma'asoyas, Lassit Ma'achos, Lassuris. And this is the third component. So we have one Rambam, if you eat it in a strange way, the second one, if it's Nifsal, Me'achila, Me'achila's Adam, or Me'achila's Kelev. And now the next one is, what if it's part of the animal that's clearly Abahema Tamea, or Anavela, but it's a part of the animal that we normally wouldn't think is edible. And that's where this next Ramam comes in. The Ramam gets this from a Sifra. It's quite fascinating that Sifra, Sifri, these are braces. There's no Beferish Gemara that says what the Ramam is about to say. Everybody agrees to it. They don't agree to what shot the Ramam is. That we'll get to. And if you look up top, uh, the Kesemishna mentions there's a parallel Gemara that says that if it's bones and horns and nails, it's uh, not Makabotuma. It's a it's tired because it's not considered food. That's the parallel to this. But since there's no Gemara that talks about it being nissel as food in terms of being kosher. And it's not going to be kosher lamais because the Ramah still holds this usher, but the Ramam, this Lushan is quoting straight from the Sifra. Let's see the Lushan halacha yudches. There are new Marmachemists up if you're listening. So you can help yourselves. Halacha yudches. Ayechom in Avela v'trefa. Or behem etameya. Or behem echaya etameya. Minar. The hide, now, if you've ever gone to a rest stop and couldn't avoid bumping into the pork rinds as you're trying to get your Pringles, which uh, is annoying, uh, there's not um, there's a lot of real chazotre stuff in rest stops. I don't know why we see them there more, probably because we always cop- shop in kosher stores so we don't see that stuff. And then if you're getting gas and you're starving and you want to get into a great bracha shayla, you buy Pringles. Or if you want to get to a Bishalakam Shaili by Pringles, nothing, it's kosher. Just doing some chazar here. Uh, both uh, Syria Shailas, but uh, the OU that's on it took a position that it's, it's kosher, it's not Bishalakam, either is uh, wise potato chips, according to them, and it might be Shahakal or Adoma. So you're reaching, I'm mentioning that, because even in the rest stop, you have a choice between regular potato chips and Pringles, and they're both the same, equally unhealthy. Uh, you might want to get out of the bracha shayla and go for the potato chips. If all things are absolutely equal, it's always good to know your rights, even though um, I tell people the mice to make a shock on the Pringles, and others say you make a dhamma. So, you're trying to reach the Pringles, and you bump into a bag of uh, pork rinds, and um, you're not tummy now, even though you touched the bag. But hello, Doverhu, you have skin of a chazer, and it's being marketed in bags with all sorts of delicious flavors. So that tells us that this stuff can become edible if treated enough. I'm mentioning that because that's not a cash on this at all, because here we're talking about products that Basher Husham, they're not edible. And that's why they wouldn't be in this Adereza. Let's continue in the Rambam. So again, Nevela Trefa, Behemus Tameus, Menaharim, Menatsamis, Menagidim, except for Gedanasha. Ginosha doesn't apply over here, but applies with the Bamatira, and you have an issue with Ginosha, we pass game, but give them a nice time. So, why in the world is it us or it has no taste? We don't get near it, we chop off the hindquarters in this country. But if you taste it, it wouldn't taste like much. So, Gizazakasa is us or even though it ain't begitten a nice time. It doesn't taste bad, it just doesn't taste like anything. I'm mentioning that now for a reason that'll be useful uh, as we continue the sugyam. Right now, Atsamas are bones. That's the main uh, bone in contention in this sugya. We're going to talk about the bones the most, but include this is the R before it's treated and spiced. Gidim, 
sinews, karnayim is horns, and tafayim is the hoofs, and sipanayim is the nails. None of it sounds very edible. Sipanayim shalayf, mekaymas, shemvatsvas, mishamadam, it's based on the Gemara, it tells you where the nail starts as opposed to where it's the skin. Kishiachatru, min hashulya, that's an embryo. Afal pishu hu aser, now listen, look carefully, this lashon. Afal pishu aser hareza potter. That's a very fascinating lotion for the Rambam. We're used to in Shabbos, whenever it says potter, we know what automatically means potter velasa. Does it mean that in Kalatarikula? Not necessarily, but often if the Rambam says there is a potter, he's letting you know that this is an Isidra bottom here, at least. There's potter, we're not going to give you a Marcus. Here, he says, Afa Pishu also raise a potter. Why is the Rambam saying that? So I'm just giving you, I'm throwing in a lot of information so you're not surprised when we get there. Ramesha makes a comment in the middle of his. His tshuva, his treatment of gelatin. We're going to examine Ramesha and Rabbi Yoshev and Iron and Chaim Ezer, not in that order. It starts with Chaim Ezer, there will be a tshuva on it. And Ramesha says, by the way, um, when it says Hareza Potter, he's not sure whether it's also Midareza and Potter from Malkus. That's very fascinating. Shtermach says the same thing. And he makes this deal. Ramesha doesn't explain to us what a suffix is. He says, maybe the Sambakar, the Sampasik, he doesn't tell us what it is. But that's an interesting comment coming from Ramesha that. There's no fairish on Makar, because Ramesha would know it. And here, the Rambam moves to it. Alpha Pishu also raise a potter. It sounds like there's a Havamina. Potter of Allah says no Havamina of Malchus. So why does the Rambam have to say, even though you're potter from Malchus, it's also, it sounds like it might be an Isdaraisa, which is letting you know you won't get Malchus. So it's at least an Isdara Bonam Pashtus, maybe even worse, just not the regular law of a regular meat. Mimne, so what's the Kula? Mimne She'en Elu Ru'uyin La'achila. Bones and horns and nails and not really achila. They mitzayif from a bus like Isaiah. And now these last five words might sound obvious to you. It's actually a big machlekes achorinim. When you're talking about bittul, uh, these bones, let's say, where do they team up? Do they go with the, the whole thing falls into a chont? Does it go with the tray for meat that fell in to mitzayif the tray for meat? You need sixty connected that. So Ram says no, they're not mitzayif for the tray for meat. It's interesting lotion. If it's mutamidaraisa, they should be mitzayif with the kosher meat on that side. And that's not pashit. It's machlekes achreinim, so think about that. The lumdis in this whole sugya is quite fascinating. There's a big, big machlekes I don't think we're going to go into, but if it falls into something, how do you measure 60 of what? There's 60 against what? Where are the bones? I would have said, well, if midaraisa, they're mutter, which is not clear. As is Drabonon, so either say, well, it's also Midrabonon, therefore it teams up with the Trefa stuff, or Midaraisa, and it doesn't, and maybe there's a Kula. Ram just says, and I'm at with the Basel for a Kazayas. <coughs> without the word, without Bittel, the Nam if you eat a Kazayas of meat, of Trefa meat, and you eat some of the bone, you chew in it, and swallow it, it's not Mitzayev. That's a simple explanation, but it has what to do with, well, which side is it on, and when it comes to Bittel. But Right now, suffice it to say, a mistai from a bus of the gazayas, you have a half a gazayas of meat and a half a gazayas of nails, same animal, that's not a gazayas. And you don't get malchus. Okay, we're not interested in the nails so much, we're not interested in the horns, we're not interested in the skin, we're very interested in the bones, because that's the sugi of gelatin. Yes? So bones are used, that's a very good point, I'm glad you bring it up now, because we would get to it, but... <laughs> The bones here are the first bone of contention. There, there are a few main machlekes in Mikatsa Katsa between the Isim and the Matim and the gelatin. 
gelatin made from trachea bones I'm talking about. And that is, well, what type of bones are we talking about? Are we talking about bones with marrow? Not mastaber, because the reason you put bones in chom is they have marrow, and we want it to flavor the chom. And some people pick up the bones and suck the marrow. Sometimes in public, sometimes not in public. They're putting it in the chom for time. We put bones in the So obviously, they're not very dry. They're somewhat fresh, as fresh as any meat here in New York is. We don't live in the Midwest. And it has marrow, so we're putting it in for taste. Or it has, most of our bones have some meat or fat stuck to it in the outside. So what are we talking about over here? So obviously we're not talking about bones with some little pieces of meat or fat because you can't eat those bones and you can't use that for gelatin because that's chazatreif. We're talking about behemotamea or treif and available. It can't have marrow either because that's why it lives. It's about no marrow, nothing sticking on it. It's bone clean. Is there an expression like that? Bone dry. Bone dry? Well, bone dry is not going to be so pushy. It's bone clean first. We'll get to bone dry in a moment. Uh, so it's clean, no marrow. So I'm glad we took care of that. Question is, is it dry? So just as we're going to see all this inside, but Chaim Ezer and the Mekilim make the claim that Pshat Mizraman is the reason it's even Asr Midrabanon, he doesn't consider it might be Asr Midrabanon, but either the Rabanon or the Raisa without Malchus, the reason it's still Asr is because they're talking about fresh bones that still have some Lachluchus, so it's not bone dry. But if you have bones and you get them bone dry, it's Mutr Legamre. There's no way to Rabanon, and go ahead and make as much gelatin as you want. Now don't think that you know the gelatin now. I have to explain that. We're going to go through the Chuvas that we have Amatir and Iser and somebody explains in between, but the, it's going to center around how do you read this Ramam? What type of bone is the Ramam talking about? That's Exhibit A. Go to the next. Marmokum. So that's a very good question. Even if the bones had nothing on it, why aren't they nivla from the meat? The answer is when the animal's alive, nothing's balea. That's an important idea. Because the Psalm Sefer has a tshuva and he discusses why is it that your teeth, saying that the teeth are not part of the meat, why aren't the teeth uh, balea? You'll say, well, part of the meat. Uh, it's not food, but it's part of your mouth. So if you take, do you ever have the experience, unpleasant experience, where you take something very, very hot into your mouth and you hit the roof? Happens to many people, Lel Shabbos, and it happens with chicken soup, which is fleshics. Sometimes with meat soup, which is really flacious. And you just burn your palate and your tongue, and you're recovering, and you're trying to hide it. You don't want to stare at Shabbos, and you tell the family, let's sing some Zemiris. They can't stand when you sing Zemiris for the next hour as you're recovering. I'm trying to describe a scenario where it was way above Yasselitis. So, um, what do you do with your mouth now? So, you can either eat flacious the rest of your life, or parv, or you can kasha, which isn't a very good option. So, now what? So the working assumption is, this is important, it sounds funny, but it's important, Shaila. So you'll say, well, um, there has to be some operating principle. The answer is, yeah, just we need some Ashwin to tell us what it is. So Sam Sefer says that anything in a live body that has circulation isn't Balea. Okay, but that's a, that's a relief. And we assume that, like, Pesach, we don't kosher. People ask about the braces. The joke is, you know, go kosher. The braces are a problem. And you'll see why in a moment. So, some seven discuss the teeth. No, the teeth is not part of the circulation of the... It's not a live organism. So, some saver says, basically, yeah, if the tooth is in, it's attached to the body, same rule. 
Okay. Tell the Kashi teeth either. No, what happens if you have a bridge or a false tooth? You say, well, dentures, you talk a half to kasher. So they, they don't like it, it's expensive, they get ruined. So you wait till it's not mace lace, you clean it well, you try to do something, ask your local Orthodox rabbi and dentist uh, first to see how to do it the best way without killing them. But that erases the shayat, that's obviously not part of the mouth. Today, those are going out of style. Baruch Hashem, people put in implants and they're screwed in, but good. But they're not part of the body, or are they? So we assume that. It's a good shayla because it's already a chiddush that we have a klal, the body's not balay. Okay, and the teeth are, natural teeth are part of the body. Then you have false teeth, and then you have bridges, and then you have braces. And then you have fillings before the braces. Crowns. Crowns and fillings, right. So, so someone say, yeah, it's all bustled to the thing, and the real answer is that's not a great terrorist, and you should stop eating hot pizza within 24 hours of Pesach and make sure at least it's not made nice lace, and it's and it's pogum. That's the real answer. Brush your teeth very well, use a water pick and whatever else they have, and uh, make sure it's not maize lace. So that's based on this uh, concept that um, we assume that even if it, hot flesh should burnt your mouth and your tooth, um, there's, uh, it's a living, living organism. So that's going to be part of the, uh, the cheshman as well as we continue. But getting back to your question, if you're... If you have an animal walking around that has meat and bones, and the bones are, let's assume, mutamidarized, just to make the sugi either. So it's durabonon. But why don't we say, your question, the meat is belayed to the bones. The answer is not while it's walking around, not while it's alive. For the same reason our mouth isn't trafe for whatever is part of, the, part of the system. The problem is, when they make the gelatin, often not starting off with only clean bones and there's scraps or whatever in it. So what is it going to help, even if we have that shot in the Ramam that it's mutalagami, the bone itself, but as soon as you start heating it and cooking it and cleaning it with hot water, whatever meat is on it, we will into the bones. So that's a good question, and we will take care of that as well. Depends on what the process is and how the system goes. Yes? They dry it out. Don't they dry it out first? Well, no, but they do a lot of things. I mean, they do dry it out, but they also have it soaking in caustic agents and all sorts of things. We're going to see the processes. We see the chuvas, and Chaimez is going to assume that all these things together, it's pogum a few times over and whatever was there, even if it was nivla, it was nivla pogum, like the heter when you ask me your possible chol of shaylas and all your... I'm always using a bunch of sniff from lahakul to try to avoid a, too much of a tircha kashring when possible and sometimes soap and detergent goes into the kashring because it's pogum in the thing and then it's now pogum and, and we use that as a sniff lahakul. It's only a sniff because when did the soap go in and... Uh, and how pogum is the soap, and how hot was the water, and things like that. But the short answer to your question now is, well, the animal's alive and not worried. His question is, what's the process? Yeah. Is there any advantage to, having, to using bones that are really dry? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see as they go along. But, but right now, we, we're not sure. You have to read the Rambam, the Chaim Ezra's way, and the Chaim Ezra says the Rambam only said it's also midrabanon. Yeah, it just takes so far to develop. Uh, it's asamidabanon. So how do you get the sugi started? It's asamidabanon. He says, no, the asamidabanon is talking about fresh bones, not dry bones, and therefore we can begin to discuss it. A second example of this. Take a look at the next sugi, uh, the next marmakam avedazara, samatasamid aleph. And this will be our first mention of bee honey, which we're not going into now for the bee honey. When we get to the shellac, we're going to have to go back to this. But we have a different issue right now, and that is that honey is made uh, with a process that when you have raw honey, I've had companies who showed me their raw honey, and I went to the market it, and they, um, 
I knew, I knew this not being in the industry of raw honey, I knew this because the Sugi talks about it, and the Tesis talks about it. When you process honey, it has all sorts of bee parts and bee legs and wings and all sorts of parts thereof. I remember one company asked the Hesher, I said, yeah, send me a sample. I said, Rabbi, it's honey. What's the problem? Is this like a group one ingredient that's just like water? Like, what's the problem? We have the Hesher tomorrow. I said, no, just send me a sample. So I said, yeah, can we have a hint to what you're looking for? I said, uh, bee parts. They said, bee parts? We have very clean stuff. The guy was either lying through his teeth or was working as a switchboard operator. He couldn't have done anything about honey to say such a ridiculous statement. I knew that it had many, many, many different parts. Uh, museums were it. So I got the sample. I didn't bother looking. I looked at it in light for a second. I saw all this stuff. I sent it out to one of our labs, and they sent me a report. I wish I would have saved it. It was a running seven-page log, of, and it was pretty gross. Um, they gave me a thing of how many legs and how many right legs and, legs and bees and wings and uh, bee parts and heads and stomachs. And It was Labor Day, but it was dead. I can't say it was Labor Day. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised because Tyson says, of course, raw honey has all this stuff in it. The problem is that they heat the honeys. There are two issues over here. Issue number one is even when they heat it, normal companies, the people who know what they're doing, try to get that stuff out. This marketing gimmick was we got really fresh stuff and Mother Nature and we don't tamper with it too much. Whenever they start talking like that, I get more nervous, not less nervous. So most people try to get it out to make the honey clear and somewhat palatable or pleasing to the eye. In the olden days, and still today, it, today it's a perfect job. Then it wasn't a perfect job. And often, they got out most of the stuff, which creates shadow number one, that is, if you heat to extreme heat, a thing to have everything rise to the top, you're cooking it, you're going to be taking whatever's in there that's trafe and trafing up the food. So why is any honey mutter? They always did that. They did that for 2,000 years. So the answer is, listen carefully, because this is, the chalukim here are dach, but they, these chalukim are, are muskim, there's no machlekes v'shem about this, and that is that when you cook it, and the bee stomach and head and, and other things come out, and the time comes out, that's nice and time of gone, because these things are horrible. So, but this is the way to process it, we have no choice, so one second, so... It comes out, and it's nice and tall of gum. So you'll say, that's a great heter. Nice and tall of gum. Goes out to the honey. It's mutter b'dieved, because we don't throw out the food. Nice and gum is also l'chatchila. It's only l'chatchila. The first thing, every kitchen, when you have a shayla, the first thing people do, unless they call with us a few times already, and I told them they don't have to do this. The first thing is they throw out the food, and then they call me about the kli. Often you don't have to throw out the food because the food, if the pot was an enebanyama, whatever it believes went in is an enebanyama, it doesn't ask the food bidyevit. So this bidyevit is the only way to process honey, so it's the only way to do it. We're not trying to put in bleas of bee parts. We'd rather not have it. So, so one second. So when we do it, we're putting it in, the bleas are going in, so you'll say, wait a second, that heter is so good. I have a brilliant idea. Why don't we say the bees want to eat? Not that you want to do it, because the whole thing is nice and tough gone. And so too, all the reptiles we described and everything in a country where people really think it's gross, they still think it's gross. It's like nails. It's like nails? Um, no, because you can get it down. Nails you really can't eat. It has no nutritional value. This has good protein, and as many people sent me different yeah, things about their marketing this stuff here in America, and they have restaurants that have this stuff in the Far East, which we spoke but about. Embryos it's, also. Uh, okay, so it's not derech achila, and I don't even no, know any people in the Far East are eating that stuff. Uh, but it, no, but here it's a food because at least you can 
there are probably 100 million people eating this, these types of things, and here they don't, so it's not Derech Achila, but why don't we just say it's Mutter, because it's Pagam. The answer is the Torah Asr insects. You can't say it's not Pagam, it's Mutter. So here we have an interesting Chilik, where the Torah Asr, the object, so the object is Chazatreif, it is the right, so with Malchus, and many lavim if it's flying and has wings and all sorts of things, for the Gemara Malchus, and if you heat the honey and the stuff floats to the top and you get it out, the honey's not usher because whatever Tom went in is pogum. And when it comes to Tom, which is molecular and structure and really can't see it, but you can taste it, it's really horrible. We don't want it in there. It does not have It's mutter. But it's only mutter. Usually it's asla chachil. It's mutter because we're trying to avoid it. It's no other way to process this thing. And it doesn't asa the food. So far, so good. The only problem is that they never did a perfect job. Now our honey's quite clean. You won't find in regular, uh, what's the famous brand, uh, honey? Everybody has on the, uh, yeah, your golden blossom. See, you can hold golden blossom to the light. You will hopefully see nothing. If you see something, bring it to me. Uh, but you're not supposed to see anything because they got everything out. But in Tysus' time, they got almost everything out, but there were always consumers, when the product got to the table, consumers knew that they got the main parts out but there were always legs floating around because bees' legs are kind of very tiny and thin, and there were always little things. They couldn't get everything out because it's a process. They don't have the technology, and they keep cooking it. The main stuff goes to the top, and everything stays. So now we don't have a shayla of bleas. We have a shayla of there's still some bee legs in there. What do you do with the bee legs? That's what Tysus wants to know, and I'll just give you so you can sleep tonight. Why do you and say it's, it's not. If you can see it, it's not bottle. I can see it. Go like this, see it. Then you got to put a spoon and you take it out. If you can see it, it's not bottle. It's not bottle. Bittle never starts if you can see it. You can see it. You guys weren't at the shear, the last shear I gave in Flatbush about our good friends in the water. And everybody kept saying, I, you can't see the stuff. I said, come to my house. I have a collection and I'll show it to you. You can't see How can you, somebody sit there, the Adiyama's there, the people screaming, you can't see it. I said, there are some of them, most of them you can't see, by the way. But, I, you can see with the naked eye. I'll use my loop to clarify. The first time I looked at my loop, I, I, I told this over. It was the last few weeks I was in Flappish. We had the Shetel controversy. We had the Copapods. And there was something else going on. And I was like trying to um, dish all that. And people were saying, but you can't see it. I took my loop. I have a diamond loop. I have six diamond loops. And um, I saw something. So that already is a problem. Most people can say, if you see something, you don't know what you're seeing. I just took it to clarify. First time I looked in, I almost had to sit down. Grossest thing, big googly eyes with antennas. And, uh, <laughs> and there are people still telling me, no, they don't exist. It's, it's a figment of his imagination. So some of them are visible to the naked eye. So you pick it up, you see little black things, and they're visible to the naked eye. So the question is going to be, so there is, there is a sheet that holds if your mommy don't know what you're looking at, but there's a level of amaratsis you can put your head in the sand and not know what you're looking at. If you know anything about honey, you know what you're looking at. So that's not, that's not the answer. Tysus asked it. And Tysus is going to say, we'll see you tomorrow, Tysus is going to say that the bee legs are like bones. And they're not really lachila, and therefore it's certainly not usher. Sounds like Tysus is saying it's mutter, but you could say he holds a whip in his draw bottom. But this is like, you can't get them out, and we'll make them on this because they never would usher these bee's legs. That's going to be the answer. And that's obviously very no gay to us. And we'll take your question if you still have one. Uh, but you can see it's